to the It's a Hustle podcast. I am your host, Joe Garricks, and this is amazingly our 100th episode, maybe. Uh, the reason I say maybe is we have a special guest tonight, and she has not yet agreed to let me use this until we tape it, and then she listens to it and determines if she is interesting and funny enough. Uh, so, with no further ado, our guest tonight my beautiful wife, Karina Strobel. Karina, how are you? Hi, good. How are you? Oh, my God. You matched my energy. I didn't expect that. I'm trying. <laughs> you are trying, and I appreciate it. Thank you for being here. This Thanks for having me. It's uh, my pleasure. <clears throat> uh, it was difficult to convince you to be on. It was. It was. Uh, I think it was harder to convince you to be on the podcast than to convince my mom. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and she was difficult to convince. What's what's your biggest concern about how this goes? That I won't know how to answer your questions. <laughs> and I'll I'm have like really long silences and I'll look really stupid. <laughs> well, that don't worry. Uh, I'm going to ask only easy questions that okay. you know the answer to. Okay. Um, Sounds good. So how great is it to be married to me? Hmm. Great. Oh, great. That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I'm, that's better than I thought I would do. Really? Yeah, I thought oh. I was going to get worse reviews. No. Have you, uh, have you listened to the podcast much? I've listened to a few episodes. Yeah? More earlier on um, when you first started. Not, <laughs> so not as much that, lately. <laughs> do you feel like it's gone down in quality? Is that why? No, it's not that. It's just there's so many of them that I got behind. You fell behind. Sorry. I just can't get so okay. Was yeah. there any I'll that catch you up. particularly liked? Um, hmm. Or any that you particularly didn't like? I don't think so. Are I there thought any the that one. Call. <laughs> yes, I thought the one where you were. I think you were in AC in a hotel room with Turner and Sean Murphy. Yeah, I thought that was Maddie. hilarious because you guys were answering the door while doing the <laughs> podcast, and you can hear everything in the background. It was a uh, very professional setting. Yeah, Maddie Goldberg, I think, came to the door if I recall that. So that that was your. That. Yeah, I, I like thought that was funny. We keep it real. It was unexpected. Yeah, well, yeah. This, this one could be unexpected too. Who knows? A, a dog might bark. I mean, that's true. Strange things could happen. We are here uh, at our house, uh, so there are two dogs here, uh, who hopefully will not disrupt us or bite me. Uh, that's our hope. <laughs> hope not. <laughs> they're pretty quiet. Yeah. They're yeah, no, they're, you know, as long as you don't squeeze Joey's paw, I think you're you're okay. Yeah, that was a close one. Yeah, earlier, uh, my dog's foot seemed to be bothering her, him, and when I touched his foot, he went... <laughs> <laughs> it was and, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't hear the growling, but I saw Joey's face, and I knew something was up. Yeah, well, I'm glad you were amused by my, uh, my near-death experience. Uh, <laughs> well, he looks okay now. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk to you tonight... Um, about your hustle, because you have a hustle that you're working on right now, where you're starting your own nutrition business. Yes. How is that? Going okay so far. Um, I finished nutrition school in early May. Um, it was a year and a half program, and yeah, I'm just now getting started, kind of launching my business. I have a few clients I'm working with, so that's a good start, but I always need more and more practice. Yes, uh, more practice is good. I'll, yes. I'll vouch for you. You've uh, you've turned my life around. <clears throat> I would say uh, a year ago, uh, I was a fat, disgusting mess, probably on my last leg, <laughs> and uh, now, uh, you know, I'm the yeah. picture of health. You are. Uh, you are. You're a very good client. Well, I I try. I try to be disciplined, and you know, I want to be healthy. Uh, I just don't like the unhappiness that comes with being healthy. 
You're not unhappy. I know. I just like to pretend You're happy. I am for the jokes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do it for the jokes. You can be happy and healthy. Right? Well, somebody can. <laughs> yeah. No, but you. I'm trying. I'll let you yeah. know when I get there. Uh, you're there. <laughs> you're happy. Say you're happy to the you microphone. Are. <laughs> you are. You still get to eat your half-baked every now and then. I do. I do. Isn't that half-baked that's what you care ice about? cream, unofficial sponsor of the podcast. Yeah. I don't know I why know. they make other ice creams. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I like the mint chocolate cookie. But you it's can't so think good. That that's better than half-baked. half-baked. I think it's... Honestly, I think I like it better than half-baked. Because I like mint things with mint. Okay, but half-baked has... Vanilla, chocolate, chocolate fudge, and cookie dough. But the mint chocolate chip has chocolate Oreo cookies. Not Oreo, obviously, the brand, but like those kind of cookies in it. Yeah, but I said four things and you said only two. Oh. So I think I think my ice cream. I think the ice. simpler the better. Can we have half baked tonight? No. <laughs> you already had it for Wait. the week. Uh, next question. What? Uh, what did we have for dessert tonight? We had some probiotic yogurt. <laughs> probiotic yogurt. So, uh, it was if you delicious. guys are looking to be healthy, uh, give Karina a call and she'll set you up with the probiotic yogurt dessert. It was raspberry flavored. <laughs> it was good, admit it. <laughs> it was flavored like a sour fruit. Uh, no. It was because it was raspberry. Raspberry was a little sour. It tasted like sand. It was coconut. It was crunchy from the coconut. Coconut does not taste like sand. <laughs> It it doesn't. All right. Well, guys, I'm telling you, if you want to be healthy and live forever, uh, talk to Karina. <laughs> yes. Happy to help anyone. All right. I've got another question that I hope doesn't stump you and lead to five minutes of silence. Okay. What? What would you say uh, through your nutrition program? And like, keep in mind that this program was not just learning about nutrition, but also learning how to start a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so with those two aspects in mind, like, what would you say was the most important thing that you learned it could be from either side but what was like the the most important lesson you learned from that program uh either nutrition based or business based yeah either or go either route probably that everyone is different and there's not one diet or diet plan or diet direction that works for everyone i mean obviously there are certain uh things like sugar being, you know, not so great for us or, you know, sugar leading to diabetes and stuff like that. But in terms of like diet direction, not everyone does well on the same thing. You know, like you did intermittent fasting pretty successfully, but that doesn't always work for everyone. Same with like keto, you know, high fat, that doesn't work for everyone, but it works really well for some people. But you think everybody should give up sugar, right? I think generally sugar, overconsumption of sugar is detrimental to our health what do you think qualifies as overconsumption of sugar i would say eating processed sugar products so white sugar you know too much pasta white pasta i find white anything is probably bad yeah too much white rice i mean everything in moderation right so if you follow like an 80 20 principle try to be good 80% of the time and, you know, 20% of the time, don't worry about it because you also don't want to drive yourself crazy um, because that can lead to things like restrictive eating, which also isn't mentally healthy. So like one out of every five meals, just pick the fuck out. Well, I guess if you can bounce back from that, but I mean, trying to be moderate all around is a good idea and um, having, you know, ice cream if you want to or a cookie if you want to, I don't think is a huge deal, but doing that every day is, isn't probably not a good idea in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of miss sugar sometimes. 
But you get it every once in a while. You eat your ice cream. I eat so much sugar. Yeah. Or your mom's cookies or... God, when those cookies come out, I just can't stop. I know. They are good. What's your favorite one? My favorite cookie? uh, Those oatmeal lace. Really? Those are so good with the chocolate in the middle. What's your favorite? I thought you would say black bottoms. The black bottoms are good too, but if your favorite cookie has cream cheese in it, you're a loser. Mm. <laughs> I like the the macaroons. The macaroons. Those are good. They're all good. She does a lot of stuff really well. Yeah. Like and your aunt too. Yeah. They're, they're well, yeah, runs in the family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. On the other side, what was the most important thing about running a nutrition business that you learned? About running a business, I think that nothing's perfect. You know, we in school, we write a business plan, but our teacher told us, you know, when you're done with school, you may not end up following this and nothing is going to be perfect before you start. You just have to start at some point and you're probably going to make a lot of mistakes along the way, but you'll learn from those and, you know, you can't just sit around, especially for someone like me. I think I tend to be a perfectionist. I kind of want to make sure everything's exactly right before I launch into anything. And I think that can be... Right, exactly. <laughs> so I think for me, that's difficult because I want to make sure my website's exactly right. I want to make sure like my rate sheet's up and all my pricing is set. And I want to make sure I've like read my textbooks 8 million times. But so do you feel like you've learned that lesson or do you think you just heard that lesson? I've heard that lesson. I think I'm trying to implement that lesson uh, and I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Good. Um, Huh. Actually, I ran out of questions. I should have prepared for this better. Hmm. We could talk about the rescue. If that, there are any dog rescue, rescue lovers too? out there. I'm sure we have some dog rescue lovers. Yeah? Yeah. So okay. on top of your nutrition business, somehow you're also running a dog rescue mm-hmm. on your own, which is crazy. I don't yeah. know how you do it. We were talking about it today. And just like the, uh, I think it's very emotional and there's a lot of like, emergencies and tragedies uh well yeah why the fuck are you doing that it sounds crazy <laughs> <laughs> well you know why i mean we g- we have amazing rescue dogs and you know there's so many dogs in shelters and i the way i got into it in the first place is back in 2007 i started fostering leo who was my um, first dog my first rescue dog and um, I had found him on Craigslist and he was posted by another rescue um, as needing a foster. So I started fostering him and then kind of learning a little bit about the New York City shelter system. And I ended up being a volunteer at the Brooklyn shelter. Uh, and I would go on weekends with a photographer and she'd take pictures and I would walk the dogs and I'd write bios and we'd post them on Facebook and try to get dogs out of the shelter and into homes. Um, and along the way, I met Lauren, who is my partner in the rescue now, and she was also a volunteer. Um, and, you know, we would see rescue groups come in and, you know, go in there to meet dogs. And we thought, you know, we could probably start a rescue and it might be a better use of our time than walking dogs. So literally we, we looked up how you do it. We talked to some people and we formed a 501c3 and got all our tech stuff together. And then just really little by little, just started identifying dogs in the shelter that we thought were good fits for, you know, homes, friends of ours, family members. And it kind of just got started that way. Um, and by word of mouth, um, we were, you know, able to expand over the past, I guess we started in 2010. So for the past nine years, Jeez. we've built up a really amazing network of 
foster and adoptive homes over the Northeast. So we have homes anywhere from Virginia up through like the Binghamton area. So and how many dogs have you guys rescued since? Uh, we since have started? rescued about 2,500. Holy shit. And a few cats too. Oh, well. I know you don't love yeah, the cats. Yeah, the cats. Yeah. That's and a lot of dogs. Remember um, the capybara that yes. we took into the rescue <laughs> too? Capybara. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what a capybara is, uh, you should definitely Google it um, for a picture. Because if you just Google the definition, you'll think it's a rodent. Because it is a rodent, mm-hmm. but it's a giant, cute rodent. I know yeah. it doesn't sound cute, but it is. It is really cute. Can we get a pet capybara? No. <sighs> Can we get a pet pig? I don't know. I don't think so. Do you, I know how do much you, you want a pig. Promising me a pig? I did not promise you a pig. <laughs> you promised me a pig. I didn't. I may have promised, but then I realized how much work they are. <laughs> I, <laughs> and then I, I, I took it back. I promise you a pig. I may have promised I you may a pig. have. <laughs> Things are changing quick. Yeah. So I didn't realize they get to be 500 pounds. Only the lucky ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no. Um, so, when you started the rescue, um, were you, were, did you struggle with perfectionism on that as well? Um, I guess in a way, I, I think w- one of the hard, hardest parts of rescue is, you know, making sure that you create a good fit between a dog and the home it's going to go to. So, you know, obviously we check, uh, ap- we accept applications on dogs and we check references and do home checks. And I kind of struggle with feeling a hundred percent comfortable with the matches we make because ultimately, you know, you might think someone is the perfect fit for the dog, but something happens and it doesn't work out or down the road, you know, people go through divorces, dogs get displaced. So I am kind of constantly worrying about that. And, but we do a good job of keeping in touch with adopters. So we kind of know how the dogs are doing over the years. And people always know that if anything happens in life um, to where they can't keep the dog anymore, they can contact us and we'll take the dog back. Yeah. Cause that's our priority. Do that, right? Yeah. Not all rescues do that. I think it's difficult because, you know, if someone, you know, one of your adopters calls you five years later and says, I can't keep the dog anymore and we don't have any open foster homes, like where is that dog going to go? So that's tough, but we always seem to make it work. Yeah. So if you could save every dog, like every dog could live and have a good, healthy life, Mm -hmm. but you had to murder someone with your bare hands to get that to happen, would you do it? I don't think so. What if it was a bad person? You'd basically. So I'd be like a dog Dexter. You'd be the dog Dexter. Oh, I'm. I think someone else can be the dog Dexter. I don't personally want to do it because I'm afraid that you're not capable. I couldn't murder someone, and I also am afraid of being caught. What if you poison them? That would seem like the way to go with your nutrition background. Oh God! Maybe Have you, you thought about this? This sounds well thought out. Oh, I think about murder all the time. Uh, <laughs> not you. Don't worry yourself. Okay. But yeah, you could probably just poison somebody like without even a poison, right? You could probably piece together what their aller- allergies are and then just like yeah. kill them that way. Would you do that to save all the dogs? Making this very easy for you. I don't know. I, don't, I still don't think I could do it. I'm not a killer. Could you see me killing someone? Well, I don't know. Sometimes you say, I want to kill you to me. Oh, but that's you. (laughs) That's different. And you probably aggravated me really bad. I I do very little to aggravate you. You just aggravate easily. That's true. (laughs) That's the perfectionism. Oh, is that what it is? I guess. I don't know. We got to do something about that damn perfectionism. (laughs) So um, 
you are, uh, as you may know, uh, in a way, uh, the inspiration uh, for a lot of my jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cool with that? <laughs> I guess. All right, good. I don't think I have a choice. Well, I have a little, a little. I give you a choice. Yeah. I tell you the jokes, and if there's anything that you don't like, I remove it. Yeah, that's true. Or I true. do it when you're not around. <laughs> I think that's probably it. No, I don't do that. I should ask Beecher. What you're saying. You can ask I know him. he'll tell me the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Beecher's an honorable, trustworthy guy. He is. Um, but no, I don't. I also am, and I don't do jokes that you don't like. Um, well, that's not true. I do. I think I do one joke you don't like. Mm-hmm. What joke is that? The joke where you describe us going to bed. Do you tell it like you're me? No. <laughs> I think you tell it better. There's like a good rhythm to the way you tell it. Oh, but so there's like parts it. of it that I don't like. So you like the joke? It's a good joke? I think it has good rhythm, and I think you tell it well, but there's two distinct parts that I don't love. Uh, what are those parts? They are when, so you're describing when we go to bed and how, like, as soon as your head hits the pillow, I think of things downstairs that you haven't done that you need to go do, so you go downstairs. Even though I'm terrified of the dark. Yeah. So you go downstairs, and one thing is that I, I told you to put away a dish that you had left in the sink. Which is so not true. It definitely happens. It definitely did not happen. Believe me, I'm not smart enough to make <laughs> this shit up. I don't remember it that. Oh, Why I would remember. I? But maybe it was because you Why? were already going downstairs for something else. <laughs> I was not going downstairs. I had to get out of bed and go downstairs for the to one take dish? a dish out of the sink. Okay. Yeah. Well, I must have been pissed off at you about something, and I was punishing you by making you go do that. Okay. So you don't like did that it? part of the joke. That and the part where you say that I that we forgot to take the dog's collar off in the crate mm-hmm. and that you need to go do that because the dog might hang him or herself. Which is which probably is the funniest part of the joke. Yeah. I get a lot of laughs on that. That's because people think it's absurd, but actually it's a really legitimate <laughs> concern. <laughs> it, it sounds seems nuts. legitimate the way you laugh when you say it. it. That adds to its legitimacy. It is legitimate. Sometimes dogs that like move around a lot in crates and they're wearing their collar, like a piece of that can get attached to the crate and like actually choke them it's happened before so do you not like that part of the joke because you feel i might be endangering dogs by making it seem like that's safe or do you not like that part of the joke because it makes you seem like a crazy person i think because it makes me seem like a crazy person but i do think it's good information for people to know that that's a possibility in case they didn't know do you think except i'm not sure they'll believe you believe should it I try to work in a disclaimer to that joke that's funny that is like oh but that actually is a serious thing and i'm sorry that i yeah. Made a joke about dog suicide. <laughs> I guess. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll try to do that for you. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, the good news is you made it. Like, that's that's all I had. Did you have anything that's you it? wanted to say to us? Or I don't think so. Okay. You so think this went well? I think so. Do you think so? <laughs> I think so. Let me put it out. I'll have to re-listen to it. Eh, you don't really get to. No. just get to. Okay. I was kidding. I think I'm okay with it. Yeah? All right. Good. So, uh, so Karina, if people want to rescue a dog Mm -hmm. uh how can they do that or Uh, if they just want to support the cause sure um we're on facebook and instagram at rebound hounds r-e-b-o-u-n-d-h-o-u-n-d-s um just check us out there send us a message uh you can also email me at karina at reboundhounds.org and that, if you want to adopt, foster, or donate, right? Yep, or help transport. Or transport. Or help transport. us do a fundraising event. Anything you guys want Anything. to do to help, help the pups. Yep, or if you have, uh, if you're in the New York or Connecticut area, you have like, like towels that you don't need anymore, blankets, 
We can send those up to our friends at Camp Wagon Tales to use. Cool. And yeah. if people want to rescue their own health, how can they do that? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Live Well Nutrition. Um, also on Facebook um, under Karina Strobel Garrix. And you can also email me, Karina at livewellnutrition.health. Awesome. Well, Karina, yeah. thank you so much for being my 100th episode. I love you very much. Thank you for having me. I love you too. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. If you enjoyed the listen, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, special thanks to Eric Donnelly of the Alternate Roots for our amazing theme song, to Brendan Ruane at Light Switch Advisor for our website and social media needs. Check him out if you need any help in those areas. And of course, to Vans who provide all of our footwear. Have a good one.